tuned in to another episode of the Aptivate podcast. I'm Tommy with Remerge. Today we have an absolutely fantastic, wonderful, experienced, insightful guest with us on the line, Vincenzo Sericchio. It's taken me four or five times to try to pronounce his names. Vincenzo, did I get that correct the first time? Great job, Tommy. That's the best you I ever heard here in, uh, since I'm living in Germany. Awesome. Well, that is amazing for me to hear and I feel very confident in myself now. In any case, thank you so much for joining us today. We genuinely appreciate your time and consideration, and we're really excited to, to hear some of your insights. As is always the case on this podcast, we always love to start with a quick background of who you are, where you came from, and then we'll dive into the nitty gritty of it. But it, Vincenzo, we would love to hear kind of a little bit about you, and then we'll get started. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tommy. It's a pleasure to be your guest. So as a background, as you might, people can imagine, I am from Italy, uh, coming from the southern part of Italy at the moment, so, and living in Berlin since almost eight years. But don't ask me any German background or question or whatever. It's uh, just not there. It just doesn't happen. I started my career in, in Berlin here in a small consultancy company that uh, was focused back in the days on mobile but was more looking from a different point of view about this industry. And then I bumped into the online marketing by chance. I actually was applying the first time, I remember, from one of the rocket ventures for an offline position. And then uh, they turned out that it was a more affiliate marketing kind of position. And then I was, uh, well, I don't know what it is, but let me, let me investigate and I will get back to you. And then it sounded all interesting. Then I started uh, to work on this topic a little bit more and more. And I got passionate about online marketing in general, how you track data, how you use data, how you, how you leverage uh, all this sort of uh, information. And then after this experience, I joined Zalando for uh, quite long, four years. I've been in the company doing different positions there. In the beginning, it was still affiliate marketing. And then I moved into the programmatic field. And then after this experience, I moved in, uh, in my current company, which is Delivery Hero. Here, we are still doing programmatic, but more on the purely in-app side so very very interesting topic is a very interesting world everything is moving in that direction so very happy to have done this part uh, in the end awesome thank you so much so delivery hero how long have you been there again could you repeat that uh delivery here is one and a half year one and a half years so you're in a, a super competitive space now how have you enjoyed the experience of going actually when well, all these spaces they're pretty competitive but how have you enjoyed delivery hero so far it's very interesting. The company is moving like uh, very fast. The industry where we are is very is highly competitive. I just read today an article that just did and uh, Takeaway will merge. This is very, very interesting news. You know, like the market is getting more and more consolidated and it's getting more and more competitive overall. So we need to move faster than the competitors. That's basically the point here. It's been very challenging, I had to say, in the, in the beginning, but quite cool. I really like it. Yeah. In regards to moving faster than competition, right? Is there a particular area where your team has really focused then in the last, since you've been at Delivery Hero, right? Has there been a particular topic that you've really 
dug into that you think will help you guys grow and help you guys market better than maybe your competitors? Yeah, at the moment, the one topic that uh, we invested a lot of time in uh, and resources is in the incrementality uh, field. So at the moment, we did in our, our tools in like uh, in this area, in this space, and uh, it's a very interesting topic. It's like... Uh, very complex somehow and but very interesting It's definitely one of the topic that we want to focus more and more and uh, in the upcoming months as well to really continue on this space yeah it's one of my favorite topics in the world and it is super complex but in my opinion obviously i think it's probably the most important metric a marketer could have within their campaigns but to that end as far as incrementality pertains is incrementality measurement something that your team has been able to apply to all of its initiatives. So I, I think you had mentioned you focus primarily on programmatic in-app. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. As far as incrementality goes within programmatic in-app advertising, are you guys applying incrementality measurement to both acquisition campaigns and retargeting campaigns? Or is it just retargeting campaigns? Could you shed a little light on that? Yeah, at the moment we do like uh, different testing on in both directions. So we do also in, uh, uh, for the user acquisition part, uh, for the retargeting part, and for the reorders part as well. So we try to look at it like you know from different angles and try to really see which are the best leverage that we can have in, in this field and like you know which partner are, are performing which direction which is like a fairly complex because uh, if you if you think about it the fact that we also want to test different vendors across different channels uh, overall in the company gets pretty complex so you don't only test you know programmatic in, uh, in uh, how you performance compared like you know, incrementality KPIs but also like uh, vendors like Facebook Snapchat Google they all have like, you know, kind of different or slightly different solution in place. And to get an, a sort of an alignment cross vendors is uh, it's been pretty difficult. Yeah, I can imagine that being one of the biggest challenges for a brand with a diversified portfolio of vendors, right? Is exactly what you just mentioned, right? How do we reconcile different methodologies across different vendors? So to that end, do you guys have a single methodology that you apply or that you manage kind of internally that might involve some sort of holdout group or some internal analysis? Or do you guys vet the vendor's methodologies thoroughly in order to say, all right, this is scientifically sound and we'll move forward with it as long as it's scientifically sound? Yeah, I mean, in general, it's difficult to align methodology across vendor. But what we try to see and what we try to spot is uh, are like basically paths. So if we see that, I uh, don't know, there is a, Let's say we run an incrementality test cross vendor in multiple countries, in, in one country by multiple vendors. And then we see like that one specific vendor is an outlier. We try to repeat the test. So like in, in general, like, you know, the methodology is quite similar. There needs to be a control group and a test group. This is like the common ground for everybody. Then like, you know, the, the methodology differ if you really show an ad. Or if you like basically mark the customer that they could have potentially been a customer that uh, could have seen your ads or not. But these are like basically slightly different kind of methodologies. But what we try to see is basically if there is one common direction where I don't know if multiple vendors are like a kind of stagnating in the same area, in the same I don't know, kind of incrementality percentage, then we can be quite sure that this is the way. 
this is like something that we can consider as valid. If there is any specific vendor that is exceptionally like, you know, have has a outlier results, then we try to look like why this was the case and if there was anything wrong in the setup or something. If we are looking like, you know, correctly to the data, if the data are clean and so on, and we might repeat the test again. Super interesting. As far as it relates to those two methodologies you had mentioned before, right, which was essentially, uh, it sounds like GhostBiz and PSA methodology were, were two of the ones that you had mentioned there. When it comes to something like, because obviously my background is coming from the retargeting space. And for me, it's somewhat intuitively obvious how you can measure incrementality, right? Be it through a holdout group or through GhostBiz, uh, marked users or through a PSA. It gets a little bit fuzzier for me when it comes to acquisition campaigns, right? Getting new users into an app or UA. Do you guys use a certain methodology to achieve incrementality measurement within UA? Is Are you using maybe the PSA methodology or could you shed some light on that? For user acquisition specifically, we actually use both the ghost beats methodology and the PSA ads as well. As I say, like, you know, it's uh, actually in, uh, in certain extent, we also try to use uh, uh, GeoSplit test at the moment to see if, like, you know, any specific channel that doesn't offer any of these methodologies could be measured via, via this, for example. We did some testing, for example, on uh, connected TV, for example, and how would you make sure that uh, programmatic TV is incremental or not? It's like, uh, because the ads will, will run in a TV, basically, on a screen, but the conversion will happen across devices. So there is no way you can create an all. The only way, actually, you can create an all out a test group and a control group is via GeoLift uh, study, basically, which is like adds more complexity even. Like, you know, it's quite complicated to come up with the methodology and say, okay, these are like the, G- the, the areas that or the cities that are like similar to each other. And then these are the areas that we should target versus the area that we should not target. But overall, at the moment, we do have like, uh, to go back to your question, like for user acquisition specifically, we use for specific vendor PSA for other ghost, uh, ghost beats methodology, like Facebook is basically, this is like the methodology that they offer. And we try to see like, you know, if uh, both are going in the same direction or like showing completely different uh, results. Interesting. So you'll sometimes run both PSA and GhostBids simultaneously in order to kind of further verify that they're valid? Yes, for different vendors, for different areas, right? So we have program for the programmatic in-app inventory, we run like, you know, PSA and for Facebook, uh, there is a, a, the methodology that is uh, that can be defined as GhostBids, basically. So this is will be basically, but we run it for the, the same kind of initiative, which will be prospecting for a specific country because we are what do we also like to uh, try to see if like as i said like if we see same path in a specific country or not yeah and that geo splitting that you had mentioned before and kind of some of your general focus on countries as a way to determine lift is super interesting it sounds like it also requires a pretty hefty analysis of data in general right now, is it your team that manages user acquisition that's doing a lot of the data analysis, or is there a BI team that you guys are working with very closely? How do you guys go about organizing and compiling such large amounts of data? 
Yeah, we at the moment we work very closely with uh, our uh, customer insight team, which is uh, part of the marketing tech team that we have been uh, here in uh, in Delivery Hero, which is composed basically of data scientists, right? The, to come up with the logic that not only has a, an order level, you know, similarities in uh, among cities, but also the same kind of coverage or restaurants, same kind of advertisement cross channel without going like uh, because this could also be the case you know you might have like TVs which turn in some city versus others so it gets like pretty complex to really be able to to come up with this logic so that's why you will need the support of a data scientist team for me it will be fairly impossible to do that it's like you need to rely on someone someone else that has a different skill set in this case yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, though, right, because of all the hard work, I mean, the end goal here is to get ideally a clearer picture of what these vendors are able to provide for you. Does it make decision making easier for your team having incrementality in the mix? Does it allow you guys to be more efficient in how you determine which vendors to work with and which not to work with? Yeah, the moment is actually very useful because not only like um, can decide better on the budgeting, but also on the allocation of the budget, like how to how to allocate them and, and so on. It's like also like according to the different initiative, like should we allocate more according to the in, in incremental CPA given by a specific vendor, like more to retargeting, more to user acquisition? Shall we completely pause retargeting in certain geos and only run uh, user acquisition? Shall we just only do like uh, push the order and the frequency of the orders? So it's very interesting because in this case, you can really steer the budget in the most efficient way because the end goal is not only like, you know, try to see how much is incremental the a specific vendor or not, but you also can take all this from another angle and try to really push the frequency of the orders and try to change and try to spot if, like, you know, in the long terms, the behavior of the customer changes at some point. You, so what we do is also in this part of the reorders part, we not only try to see, like, you know, after the test is completed, what was the incremental number of orders per customer, but also after uh, 60 days and 90 days, what's the basically the behavior of this customer if we really change their mindset you know like if they really like you know in the long run purchase more uh, with our apps so the goal is twofold right it sounds like one is there incremental value in engaging these people at all right and two thinking more long term maybe three months out a year out maybe are you trying to answer the question have we changed their loyalty to our brand exactly exactly first in the long in the short term you will try to see like what's the in the short-term effect of, uh, of your campaigns, if it was incremental at all or not. And then in the long run, if you really can spot some parts there. We also did like a lot of tests with vouchers and the different amount of the vouchers that are behind. So it's, um, it's quite cool. In, they are quite cool as a test in general. Yeah, no, it's incredibly interesting. Now, all this makes me wonder, right? A lot of your tests require pretty sophisticated, as we've already discussed, right? Pretty sophisticated use of data and analysis of data, a lot of this industry still relies heavily on something like a third-party attribution provider to determine kind of what is the efficacy of a program. Is that not the case for you guys? Are you guys not relying on your third-party attribution providers? Or actually, maybe a better question, what is the relationship between your third-party attribution providers and what you are doing from an incrementality perspective, if there even is a relationship? 
I mean, at the moment, the way we see the and we conceptualize incrementality is like to be very agnostic and to be very attributionless in this case. The incrementality as concept should be free from any attribution window that you can assign, an attribution model that is behind it. It's also something that uh, I had to say there was uh, uh, some misunderstanding also with some vendors because they might tend to apply one day uh, be through attribution and say, okay, like you measure it in this way rather than like really be free from any attribution. And the way we see it is like incrementality should be like free of any attribution model, any attribution window, any, any assignment, like you should purely see in a specific time frame, if control group and test group behave differently compared to the if one of them have seen the ads or not, that's it. Then you might have like you might want to see like you know also in a few weeks after that uh, when there is a cooldown period, let's say after uh, the test is is finished, is if there is a, what's the effect there? But overall. In our vision, the, in, uh, how do we think about uh, incrementality testing delivery here? It should not be attached to any attribution. I would certainly agree with you in that regard. And it is kind of challenging, like you had just mentioned, for some vendors, because it does require a big paradigm shift, right? This industry has kind of lived within attribution models. I've been in the space for six, seven years or whatever, and, and my whole time in this space, MMPs have been the determinant of true north, right? And it sounds like you're saying to effectively measure lift and incrementality, you cannot rely on these third-party attribution providers to measure that, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the point is that you should not attach anything. Like, you know, we don't want to see anything in adjusting the other day. What we actually do... What we heavily rely on is, uh, from the vendor point of view, is on the randomization of the audience. So what, what we use the, the DSP for is the, you know, to randomize the audience and to target the audience accordingly with the creatives. But what we also will analyze on our own is like after the test is over, the raw data. So we get the device ID list from both test group and control group, and we analyze our own, like what's the difference between the two groups to determine, you know, in the most clean way, what's really the uplifting of measure rate. Yeah, absolutely. And raw data exports seem to be a pretty crucial piece in this whole question of incrementality, right? Because from your perspective, a vendor could say, hey, we drove amazing lift and here are the results, but it doesn't really mean anything, I imagine, until you guys have actually gone in and checked out the raw data, probably for two reasons, right? One, confirming the results, and two, confirming the randomization of the audience. Are there any other reasons you guys would use raw data outside of those kind of two pieces to the puzzle? Not that I can think of. I mean, in this way, the as you say, the randomization is very important. It is done correctly. And second of all, is also to verify the split that you might have behind. Like you might agree on, I don't know, 75-25 split rather than a 50-50 split, and then, but it could be slightly different. So you really, and you know, you need to scale then the conversion that you get, and then in a different way, if the split is different from a 50-50. So in this case, you also need to verify on your side if this was the case. You know, if they really split like accurately or not, the audiences and the targeting on the audiences. And in this case, you can do it uh, your own with the raw data because you can really see, like, you know, the amount of the device ID that you target and the spend was assigned. So you can verify your own. 
Awesome. And then once you verified, I guess actually this brings me to an interesting point. So so one of the things that you had said earlier was you had mentioned something like a cool down period, right? At the end of a test, in, end of an incrementality test, right? So once your team has verified the results through the raw data, verified the randomization of control versus test, or really just look through the raw data in whatever capacity you need to, what is the next step for you guys, right? Is it a case where you're running incrementality as your core KPI forever with any vendor? Or is the incrementality test kind of like a first stop for you to determine if you should proceed with the vendor and then you don't run incrementality after that? Is it an ongoing or is it kind of an initial step sort of tool? For us, it will be like a first step. So what we want to go after is uh, is trying to build up a multi-cell test. So meaning specifically for creatives, how can we define if the creative said that we're running behind this test, we're incremental or not? Is so if we look at some data and we have some findings, what would the next step will be like to determine why we had these results, right? It was because of certain like, I don't know, a seasonality period, first of all. So maybe you want to repeat the test in another time of the year because there was some, I don't know, timing that was specifically, I don't know, particular to your business and there was a seasonality behind. You might want to repeat like, you know, multiple times uh, during the year, at least, you know, on a quarterly basis, like this test. And then second of all, like the credits that you use are this a crucial piece of the, on the incrementality. So meaning like if you tie, if you, then you can split ideally with every partner, the incrementality test on a multi-cell level and say, okay, this audience is seen on only deal creatives versus, I don't know, generic concept creatives. What's the difference behind these two groups? What we can observe, like, because sometimes you... You really see more on the aggregated level, the data, but then you want to break down this like OS level, you know, Android versus iOS, uh, creative level, deal versus non-deal creatives, because this also comes down very much to your business. Here at Delivery Hero, we, we work, you know, with a lot of like deal creatives that are like very tailor-made to a specific vendor or the specific company, it might be like, you know, McDonald's or whatever out there. But this also goes like, you know, down very much to each business, each company, how they do, how they run this test. You know, what you need to also try to see, like, you know, what makes sense for your business. It's not that you want to see like everything. It's not that every industry is at the same things uh, across for this partner, for the partners that you run. But it also goes very much into the industry that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. Totally makes sense. The, the differences you could see. Do you guys generally find... You had mentioned creatives as being a pretty important component that you test for incremental lift. How often are you guys testing new creatives? Is this a big part of your business and your iterative process? Yeah, the creatives-wise, we try to be uh, as relevant as possible and really like, you know, to avoid the ad fatigue that could be behind. Uh, we work quite often with changing on a weekly basis creatives, actually. It's a very big piece of our business. So that's why the, also like it's very important to test as variable for us because it could totally change the game for us. When this is like, you know, the seasonality, it goes also pretty much aligned with that. Like the, you see like if a specific big vendor that has a specific juicy deal at the moment, uh, live, this like also is pretty attached uh, quite a lot to the performance that you see in a country. 
But I think it's also like an e-commerce level, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very much related when there is, I don't know, on the fashion side, you know, if there is any specific period where there is a new, new season or like a sales period, uh, this is also goes aligned pretty much into that. And then you need to take all this factor into consideration. What are you really like, you know, showing to the customer in terms of ads? What's the seasonality? Where you stand? And then you might want to look like, you know, deeper and deeper. I mean, like, the more granular you want to go, it might be the case that the longer you need to run the test or the split of the of the test uh, between test and control group needs to be different. The expose rate also, like you know, plays a role in this sense. So it's there are different variables that are playing a role. So it's fairly complicated as a topic, but uh, yeah, super fascinating. It is. No, it's it's incredibly complicated, and it sounds like at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, we mentioned before. Reading or determining something like GeoSplits, right, requires that you guys work alongside, I believe you had mentioned like your customer service or customer satisfaction team or, or something like that, right? Customer insights team. Customer insights, thank you so much. So you have to work with customer insights. You have to work with the UA team and mobile marketing team. And then you also have to be in touch with the creative team. So it sounds like in order to, and correct me if I'm wrong, right, but in order to achieve good insights regarding incrementality or at least accurate insights regarding incrementality and to be able to actually act against those insights, you need alignment from multiple departments and it can't just all live within maybe the mobile marketing team. Is, is that reasonable? Absolutely, Tommy. The coordination part is, is essential. If you start to do something without this being in place, you can't really action it at the end. You know, you, you might have some findings that are not really actionable in the end. So you might have wasted like uh, in brackets in this uh, in these terms, like, you know, the, if, especially if you run for PSA, which is a methodology that costs you money, you want to be specifically careful in that sense because you might have to repeat the test and like, you know, you might have to invest more money, but without targeting specific user with the credits that you would like. So you need to be careful also like in, uh, in these terms because uh, yeah, you don't want to waste money, basically. That's the end goal. That's the end goal, right? Don't waste money. And and ideally, that helps you work faster than your competition, right? Which is kind of what we had discussed at the beginning of this. Now, to that point, one interesting question I have is thinking about competition and thinking about actually not even just competition, but right, like let's call it the mobile marketing industry as a whole. Have you started to notice kind of incrementality become a metric or a measurement that most mobile marketers are relying on? And if so, do you see it? They're doing it to the same extent as your team at Deliver Hero or that it's still kind of in its infancy stages? I have to say that I heard about this metric incrementality back in the days when, when I joined Zalando, but was like at the really end of my experience there in Zalando. And now it's been picked up in, uh, in Deliver Hero around six months ago as an old topic and has been like very crucial for us as a company. I also like, you know, attending different conferences and so on. I try to see that incrementality is a topic in uh, that is quite present, like at least with the panel or with the guest speaker in every kind of conferences that are out there specifically for uh, mobile marketing. I'm not too sure how much other companies are uh, that are also like competitors are doing in in this area, but I would say it's like nowadays very crucial. You know, like the competition is uh, is very aggressive, and you need to make the best usage of your marketing spend. So for me, the incrementality is like uh, at the moment is the key metric that everybody should use to really like you know try to leverage the fullest the budget that you have on a monthly, yearly, or quarterly basis. 
Absolutely. I would agree with you there. Thinking towards the future, right? I guess, do you see incrementality changing or do you see any big developments as far as incrementality measurement coming in the future? And if not, this question I ask everyone at the end of these podcasts, right, is what do you think you're excited about in the future of mobile marketing or what do you see coming down the line? I think incrementality is going to be more and more the metric that basically each DSP, each vendor, each platform will offer you in, uh, in a couple of years, like as a base feature. Now it's like, you know, you need to make a, uh, sometimes a request for this feature. You need like to educate also sometimes the some DSPs on like, you know, how you would like to see the data, how you would structure the, the reporting and basically the test itself. But what I can see and coming in the future is like, this is going to be basically one of the basic features that every every DSP can offer. You will basically log in into that and like try and be able to set it up your own. This is like how the industry is moving. And this will be like now it's like uh, sometimes you, you I seen like, you know, this is like one time off kind of test. But what everybody is like aiming to is basically an always on incrementality test and also an always on incrementality measurement to really be able to see on a daily basis what's the very go go very much uh, granular in these terms really try to see which is the creative which is the size of the ad which is the publisher the the exchange that gives you the most incremental effect you know like oh which is the best combination of it you know like this would be basically now something that i I hear and like, you know, sounds pretty like futuristic, but I think this is going to become my more and more like one of the basic features that everybody will have as, I don't know, as, you don't know, the country targeting is, is at the moment, you know, as like, it's a feature that every DSP has. I love that. I agree with you. I hope you're right. You know, I think incrementality aligns our businesses and it just, like you said before, right, it gives you guys a much more accurate picture of what your dollar is in or yielding out for you. And that's not just from a vendor perspective, it's also from a creative perspective. It's every perspective of the campaign, you can have a clearer picture regarding what is the effectiveness of certain changes you might make to your programs and then how do they impact your bottom line of your business. And yeah, I totally agree. I think always on incrementality is the future and this being a core functionality of every vendor is the way that we are headed. And that's really exciting, I think, for everyone. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And I hope like one day we're going to have like a very streamlined way of measuring it and like, you know, a very lean methodology across partners. So then it makes every marketeer life a little bit easier. Yeah, it sounds like there is an opportunity, right, for not to prolong the podcast too much. Sorry, but what you just said, it sounds like there's a, almost a gap in the space, right? Meaning there, there could be an opportunity for someone to provide, you could call it third party incrementality measurement, right? That could be applied across every vendor. That way you don't have to adopt different methodologies for different vendors or try to figure it out, how to read raw data from multiple sources. Something to centralize that would be pretty impactful and make your lives a bit easier, I'd imagine. Definitely. Looking forward to see that. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you again to everyone listening. Today's guest was Vincenzo Sericchio. I think I pronounced it well again. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you. And honestly, your insights on incrementality were wonderful. I hope everyone learned something today. I know I did. But thank you again, Vincenzo, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for your time and uh, everybody to listen to it. Cool. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.